Welcome back to the Adams Word Podcast. And today we're sitting down with Sister Rosemary Powell in her beautiful home. And it looks like spring out there. It doesn't feel like spring, but <laughs> we're excited to learn about her. So Rosemary, if you could just begin and tell us, you know, some highlights of your childhood. Okay. Um, I was born in Glendale, California, which is right next to Los Angeles and Burbank and Pasadena, right next to Los Angeles. Um, I was the fifth of five children, and I feel like I had kind of an idyllic childhood. We, we, uh, we lived across the street from a park, and so all we did was run to the park when we were bored or wanted to do something. And uh, so summers were spent barefoot at the park most of the time or at the big municipal pool. And um, it was pretty magical. My family, uh, every every one of us uh, had musical ability. And so we would uh, put on family concerts and invite mm-hmm. our friends. And um, we'd sing duets and trios and play Piano duets. How and special. All kinds of So, content. what was your forte? Were you singing? singing? Okay. Yeah. Uh, both of my sisters played piano beautifully and uh, also sang. So, there was lots of music going on in our house. Um, my father was a dentist, and. Um, my parents were strong in the church, and so I was brought up in the faith very firmly. And uh, um, I enjoyed school, which is nutty. <laughs> and so, what was the age range between you and your siblings? Let's see. My oldest sibling was born in 1941, and I was born in 1952. So okay, about so 11 pretty close years. for all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, um, it was it was fun in my house. You know, we always had dinner together. We had an eat-in kitchen, and so. The conversations, I remember, being very fun. I was the youngest, and so I was like a little sponge, and I was learning vocabulary and concepts that kids my age didn't always hear. So it was a great time to grow up. If I didn't understand a word at dinner, Dad and I would sit and look it up in the the dictionary, and he'd explain it to me. And... uh, yeah, it was pretty perfect. Southern California in the 50s and 60s, just yes, wonderful. Oh, beautiful. So your dad was a dentist, and your mom, did she? Stay at home. She stayed at home mm-hmm. with you. Okay, and then where did life take you? You, you sang, and then did you have other hobbies? That you... I was in girls' sports in high school, but music was kind of number one. And um, uh, after high school, I went to BYU, 
and uh, I was there several years, changed my major several times. Okay. You've probably not the first time you've heard that. No, I, I haven't. <laughs> I feel like I'm excited. I haven't. Um, and I didn't, I didn't finish with a degree before I got married. I, I had enough hours, enough semester, right? But not in the right places because I was yeah jumping around yeah. a little bit. So um, let's see. The best way to describe I met Brandt at BYU. He had just come off his mission, and um, he was from Texas, and he moved into an apartment in my BYU ward. And one of his roommates had him pegged for me. He just said, you need to meet Rosemary. So he brought him over to my apartment and introduced us before we'd even been to church together yes. or anything. He, he wanted us to meet. And we actually, we went out one time. And then he found out I was writing to a, a missionary. Okay. And he kind of stepped back. And so we sort of went our separate ways. We we were friendly, right? But um, and I had had a great time on the on that first date. But um, anyway, so long story short, we had. So you you obviously things didn't work out with the missionary. The missionary, Did the missionary come home. The and- missionary came home, and we actually got engaged, but it didn't last. Okay, and. He moved into the same apartment that Brant was in. Okay. <laughs> and they were actually bedroom mates. Which wow. was interesting. Okay. <laughs> but when I broke up with Bob, Brant waited a little while, you know, yes. kind of so it wasn't a sore subject, and started asking me out. And the rest is history. But we, we got engaged we didn't get engaged in at school. He didn't want to. He said, it's like at BYU, everybody gets caught up in this kind of engagement fever sort of thing. And he said, you know, let's, let's keep, write letters and keep in contact. He graduated in April, went home to Texas and I went home to California, and then his parents invited me for, to visit. So I flew to Texas, spent a week or so with him, and then went home. He flew to California because he was going to go to, to law school in Texas. And so he came to California first and stayed for 10 days or so. And at the very end of the visit, he he proposed. Okay. So, and law school didn't last. He really hated it. <laughs> and he had always been interested in uh, medicine and dentistry. And so uh, we were married in 1976 and he started dental school in 1977. Okay. So did your father have a role in that, being a dentist in any of that? Or? I don't 
I don't think so. Okay. I, I think that there may have been some. My not only was my father a dentist, my brother was a dentist. Okay. Um, Brant had lost some time, both serving his mission and with a year at law school, you know. And so he he didn't he knew that if he pursued medicine that it would be not only four years post-grad, but internship, residency, and so forth. And he knew that he'd get his boots on the ground quicker if he went to dental school. He applied to both medical and dental schools and was accepted to both, but he decided on dentistry. And uh, he... um, we moved to Texas. I was going to say, so then you were married and then you started the dental school. Right, in, okay, Texas. in Texas. We lived the first year of marriage in Glendale, and then we moved to Texas. Dental school was so less, so cheap in, really? for a, a resident. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I put him through school working for an oil company. An oil company? Mm-hmm. And what did you do for that? In Houston. Um, I was a kind of an office person. I, I worked in the land records department, and um, eventually I moved up the ladder and came, became a records analyst. And um, so that got us through dental school. I love that. Yeah. Do you have you indexed it all through the church? I have not. Okay. I, I, the the land index records. <laughs> they have a bunch of those that you can index, and they're. Mm-hmm so interesting to me and I bet you could tell me all about what it all is so yeah yeah okay and then and then how did you end up up here because wow. neither of you is from anywhere close <laughs> long to story but I'll get there okay um first uh Brant graduated from dental school in June of 81 and we had our son Adam in November of that year and uh of course, life changes forever. Yes. And uh, um, so let's see. The maybe a good transition is um, 1987. I was diagnosed with MS, and that was a big deal. I can imagine, yes. <laughs> um, I was. I tend to be an optimistic person, but I was pretty blindsided by it. And I didn't know anything about MS. I'd heard about it. Um, on TV, they used to say, MS, the tragic crippler of young adults, because it usually strikes yes. yeah. between 20 and 40. So it didn't sound encouraging. But uh, Brant was so good, he encouraged me as long as I was able to walk. He said, why don't you go back and finish your degree? He, he knew that that was something that had always, always sort of hung over me. We were living in kind of a rural part of Texas at the time. And uh, so, uh, Adam was just starting kindergarten. And so I took the bull by the horns and went back to school. It was an hour each way to school on country roads. And uh, this was the University of Texas at Tyler. And uh, 
I finished my, I just finished in general studies because that was the quickest thing to do. And then um, I was encouraged by two of my professors to go on for a master's. One professor wanted me to go in his direction in English, <laughs> and another wanted me to go in her direction in history. And uh, I chose, finally chose English. I could have gone either way. Yes. Um, so, I, I, I feel like I can't pass up one important sort of developmental thing in my uh, college years. In my junior year, I uh, went on a semester abroad to Salzburg, Austria. And I was in my German phase. <laughs> yes, so do you speak German? I do. Okay, yeah. another fact. It's been, you know, a long time since I spoke it fluently, but... Um, and I don't know, that time, it was, it was a, an opportunity to be on my own in a, in a strange environment, to be... Um, I was with other students and, you know, I wasn't in danger yes. or anything, but it was a chance to really spread my wings. And being the youngest, I was always kind of pampered. And this was a I, chance to... I love that you're brave enough to do that. Sometimes I look back on my life and think, oh, maybe I should have taken some more chances. And so... Yeah. What well, an incredible experience. So Austria. Austria. And... Um, at the end of the semester, we had a month where we would go to other study centers. So we went to Paris for a week, Madrid for a week, Jerusalem for a week, and London before we went home. Oh, I bet that was just incredible. It was absolutely fabulous. And, and the, the, the time in Jerusalem was really testimony building. During our semester, we studied the New Testament in German before going to Israel. And so it was all really fresh in our minds and in German, which was so yes. cool. And uh, had some really testimony building experiences there. Perfect. It was great. So that was a backtrack. Yeah, no, that's perfect. So you got your, your master's in English, and mm -hmm. did you English end up... Literature. English literature. Did you end up um, using, having a career out of that? Or? I wouldn't call it a career. Okay. <laughs> I, I taught for a few semesters, um, and it got to the point where it was physically too hard. Um, Texas is hot, and most places it's humid, and it was really hard on my health. I was having a, a rough time, and uh, couldn't always get a handicapped parking spot, and this was back in the days when I had to lug books. Yes. You know, I didn't have it you all a on a child laptop. And, yeah. <laughs> you know? um, so it, it, it was physically too hard, but I taught a couple of semesters of institute, which I enjoyed. And um, then I just kind of was a stay at home after that. Perfect. And then I guess we were starting on how, how did you make your way up to yeah. Washington State? Um, yeah, interesting. 
My brother, the dentist, and his wife retired from Southern California and moved to Coeur d'Alene. They had looked around for somewhere to retire and they just fell in love with Coeur d'Alene. And um, one summer we flew up from Texas to visit in the summer. And it was a revelation how pleasant it was in the summertime. Um, We could sleep with our windows open and be comfortable while we were while we were visiting and Brant said oh boy we need to consider retiring up here or sooner and so when our son graduated from high school which was 2000 we started making plans Brant was working he he didn't own his practice at the time he was working for the state of Texas and so it wasn't hard for him to leave. He just had to take a test to be admitted to Washington dentistry. And uh, he found a job up here, and we moved in 2001. And we've been here ever since. We moved to Liberty Lake, and we lived there for five years. Then we moved to the South Hill and lived there for five years. Then Brant bought a dental practice in Tacoma. We moved there and lived there for five years. And then when our son got married and they started having children, I wanted to be here. And Brant really sacrificed. He, he said, sure. Well, and so we bought this property so we could all live together. And uh, he, he worked four days a week and came home for three-day weekends, driving back and forth every time. So today is his last day. Wow. And he'll he'll be here now all the time. So he's retiring today? He's retiring from Tacoma. Okay. I think he's going to keep doing dentistry only over Over here. here. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. What an exciting time for you. Very, very. So Adam's... Just right next door. Yeah. And how many grandchildren? Two. Two. And what are their ages? Uh, Asher is nine, and Blake is a girl. Is five, uh, She'll be five soon. Okay. Cute, and I cute. bet they love having Grandma right over here. Well, it's, it's pretty fun for all of us. Yes. Yeah. We have family dinners every Saturday. We may not see a whole lot of each other during the week just because of busy lives. Yes. But we're always... Always. Together for Saturday oh, dinner. What a blessing! Yeah, and you you garden? Do you help with the garden? So I know Adam gardens a lot. He farms. Farms. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, they did have their own business of farming, and they were selling their produce at the little farm stand in the front. But just this year, they were hired by Greenstone, who owns or who manages a lot of Liberty Lake construction and so forth, they are managing a farm for them. So they're not farming here much. But anyway. Yes, but you have a beautiful location. Okay, you touched on um, your MS. I'm sure that that was a big turning point in your life. You seem to be managed. You're up and walking still. How is that? 
I feel so fortunate. Moving helped a lot. Okay, getting out of the heat. Getting out of the heat. Um, Cold weather actually energizes me. So I, when it starts to get cold in the fall... You quite enjoy it. I pick right up. Okay. Yeah. But uh, heat is probably my worst enemy. Heat and stress. Okay. Yeah. Well, then this sounds like a perfect place. Perfect. Can you think of um, a couple other decisions that maybe dramatically impacted your life? Well, certainly marrying Brant. Um, when I was thinking about talking with you, I, I wanted to bring up, it was my 14th year was a decisive one in my life. And it was for a, for a couple of reasons. One, I think, was that that was the year I got my patriarchal blessing. And that has been such a big influence in my life. It helped me decide how to do a lot of different things that I might not have had the guidance on before, but it's it was really important, and um, and I think the decision to go to BYU too. I uh, I met people and had experiences that were so formative for my testimony and my future. So uh, and my. One of my very first BYU roommates lives here in Spokane, uh-huh. and she and her husband are going to be temple presidents for our temple. Wow! This year. Oh, how exciting! Yeah. I love that you touched on that. I feel like sometimes our youth maybe think that they have to wait for those big life changing moments as they grow. But at fourteen, that patriarchal blessing just also when I was fourteen, I'm I happened to be on an airplane sitting next to Gordon B. Hinckley. Oh. <laughs> I didn't recognize him. This was back in the days when... Yeah, you don't see him as much. Him yes, as yeah. And uh, uh, he started a conversation, and, and I found out he was from Salt Lake City, and I said, oh, maybe you know my aunt and uncle. And he, <laughs> I told him who they were, and he actually knew them. Really? Yeah, uh, but... Um, he told me his name, and he said, Gordon Hinckley. I said, Gordon B. Hinckley? <laughs> and so I had a captive general authority for five hours on wow. the... Wow. Yeah. Well, that's... I was alone on the flight, so okay. uh, it was it was pretty formative, too. <laughs> I've been on a flight with Russell M. Nelson, but I didn't uh, get to sit right next to him. We got to wave as we walked down the aisle. Wow. But, yeah. Yes. But... Perfect. Any other decisions that you've pondered on? I think we touched on a lot. I think so. you told your story. So how did you gain your testimony? You grew up in the gospel and you obviously had those experiences. So how have you gained and nourished your testimony? The patriarch told me that I had the gift to know that Jesus was the Christ. And I, I know that's true. That isn't always enough for a testimony of everything, you know. Um, I 
like a lot of people, it was kind of a, a dawning of a testimony about Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon and, you know, the important other yes. <laughs> aspects of our testimony. But um, the, the Holy Ghost has let me know in many ways and different times and situations that, it, that the gospel is true and uh, that Joseph Smith was who he said he was. And I've really gained a special respect and admiration for him. Yeah, he didn't have it easy. And I've always loved the scriptures. I think it's because my parents did. And uh, Perfect. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, anything else you can think of that we missed before we wrap up? Do any of your siblings live close to you? Oh, no. no Two of my siblings have passed. Okay. The one in Coeur d'Alene, the brother in Coeur d'Alene, and my... And I've seen a sister that you look quite a lot alike. She Don't passed. You? Okay. In uh, 2020. Okay. Oh, so I have oh, a so brother... fairly recently, yeah. Yeah. I have a brother in Utah. He, re he worked at BYU for 40 years and retired. And uh, a sister in... Pacific Palisades in California. And uh, I don't see them or talk to them nearly as much as I'd like. It's, you know. Yeah, that's life. Yeah. My sister's going to be 81 <laughs> in June. My goodness. Yeah. Well, to finish up, uh, we've been asking, what does being a follower of Christ mean to you? It means doing as much as I can to be like him, to feel of his spirit, to keep his commandments, and to love other people for him. I love that. I think that just about says Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to, just showing that pure love of Christ. Thank you. Well, it has been a joy. Rosemary, I have loved getting to know about more about you, and I'm really excited for everybody else to get to know you too. Thanks. Thank you.